Music, industry talk, stories, equipment and more. We are Crossfader and this is Off 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 the Record. Off the Record. Off the Record. Welcome back to Off the Record with myself, Jamie Hartley, and the rest of the Crossfader team. Lawrence. Hi, mate. Danny. Hello. Holland. How are we doing? We're good. So we're the second episode into season series two. Season two, we're, we're discussing this. Series. Is it season or series? Series, uh, I think. Podcast series, isn't it? Seasies. I don't know. S2. Anyway, in this episode, we're going to be talking about our journey in music. We've done lots of um, episodes around how to promote yourself as a DJ, how to level up, loads of things talking about our experience of working in clubs. But we thought it'd be really interesting to go back in time. Have we got the... uh to reminisce. A little sound effect comes in handy. But yeah, we're going to go back in time. We're going to go and talk about our journey in music. Now, before we talk about all of our um, obscure music tastes from when we were kids <laughs> and how that's developed and changed, just to paint the picture, anyone that's listening, let's let them know what year we were born in so oh. they can kind of relate to cheers, their man. own journey as well. So, Loz, you've got a calendar that goes back that far. Yeah, cheers, uh, yeah, it was, uh, must have been 1998. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I was born in 87. Um, How know, old's that yeah? make you? That makes me 30, I'm 33 in a month. Why did you as of recording? Because, <laughs> Wait, I do be, because well. after 30, you stop counting. Okay. <laughs> it's, like, it's like Benjamin Button, I start going well, backwards. I've got the big, big 3-0 this year. Yeah. So I was born yeah. in 1990. I'm 1991, so that makes me 29 years of age. Come on then, Here Danny. Comes young Daniel. 1996. <laughs> we, yeah. It just shows we've got we've got a bit of variation. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. here in, bit, yeah. in the team, and hopefully everyone listening, we're going to have an even bigger variation, and we might be able to segment into some of some other people's journeys and stories through music. So yeah. the funny thing with our group, especially, is that I know from you know, being friends and working with you guys every day, that even though we're relatively close in our ages, relatively, we all have massively different music tastes. Yeah, yeah. for like, sure. None of us have the same music taste. No. So let's talk about where our music taste came from. Um, what is your earliest memory of listening to music or, or discovering music, well, I my, suppose? I was a little deviation from the story. I was born with a condition called gluteus. I was deaf till my mum and dad sent me for an operation when I was about three. So What? Yeah. Martin. Hold, I, hold I, up a minute. I, I, had, I had a similar thing as well. I was, what? Yeah. I I, how did we did how did how did we not know uh, this? Yes, I was deaf. Uh so I had to go for an operation. Um was he we like fully deaf or just partially deaf or pretty much You've, fully deaf. This could have been the perfect story time. Oh sorry. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So anyway, so I, I found music quite late on compared to most kids um but my mum and dad my dad had this stack a stack stereo from the 80s a morance he he got it with a bonus he once had it was a very expensive stack so you had like your cd player amplifier your tape player all individual and a turntable on top yeah and my earliest memories of being a kid was i used to just sit in the corner next to the stack with a set of headphones on and i wasn't allowed to touch the vinyl because i'd scratch it um but not scratch it like scratching DJ scratch. Like I'd just yeah. ruin it. But I would sit there and I would listen <laughs> no to changer. the CDs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'd just listen to the CDs. So I'd listen to my mum and dad's music collection. So uh, it was 
the early 90s pop music had a lot of R.E.M., Crash Test Dummies, The Beautiful South, <laughs> Oasis, Blur, which is a lot of Britpop. Um, and yeah, and, that, and that's where and I always stuck with it. And that's where my music taste comes from. And my mum, I remember my mum and dad used to be like, will you go outside and play with your friends, please, on the street? Like, get out the house. I'd be like, no, I want to sit here with the music. And that's, yeah, I nice. just loved it. How old do you think you were roughly then? Just remind Probably four or five when I used to sit inside just non-stop with headphones on, non-stop. I remember the day my dad taught me how to use a turntable. I wasn't old at all because we were still living in the old house. So I must have only been maybe six or seven. And my dad's vinyl collection was from way back in the 70s and 80s. So I had like Metallica 1 on vinyl, Blondie, Queen. Oh, Queen, um, We Will Rock You. We had that and We Are The Champions was on the B-side or the other way around. And yeah, I remember when my dad finally let me on the turntable. It was only a belt-driven thing, but I was like, wow. <laughs> and I just, yeah, it reignited. I always had this new lease of life with music. It was amazing. Nice. Well, mine, mine was kind of similar, but I had some really obscure influences of music. I had some really terrible uh, music that was sort of influenced upon me, but then also some great music. So some of my core memories, and I don't really know what age I was, but I know I was young. Um, one core memory is go get getting driven to school by my mum. I must have been in primary school. Um and she used to play loads of reggae. She was really reggae. into reggae. Wow. Um, so she used to blast out reggae on the way to school. Um so that was a really early memory. But then the flip side of that at my grandma and granddad's house, they had a turntable yeah. and they had a big collection of, of vinyl and underneath this turntable in this cupboard. And I remember as a kid going through it and wanting to put you know it's mm. cool you want to put the turntable on. My kid does it now you want to put the vinyl yeah. on, sorry, and my kid does it now and there's something really exciting about that. But the music collection they had, they had really weird soundtracks from obscure films. I don't have a clue what they were. <laughs> they had loads of ABBA. So I was I actually got really into ABBA as a kid um and they just had some really weird music to be fair they had like um you know typical grandma and granddad stuff from lots of yeah a long long time ago that i pre- pretty much wouldn't be able to remember any names of but it was obscure music but abby was abba was definitely a big sort of starting point of remembering music from an early age um and then beyond that Wait, we'll get we'll get into beyond that actually. Yeah. So let's keep going. Danny, what's your earliest memories of Um earliest memory for me was my dad had a lot of vinyl, but he was always into like rock metal music. So earliest memory would be him playing things like Black Sabbath, Ozzy Osbourne. What like, a man. Yeah, just Love that. Yeah, like not really common stuff, I would say. But it's yeah. like he did also have like a lot of things like Beautiful South, like you did. Yeah. Things like that. Like just, you know, but parent stuff. The <laughs> thing the thing I think from our era. And, and this is what I fear for the generations moving forward. And, and some people agree and some people shoot me down. Back in that era of like the 80s and the 90s, pop music and the music that was in the charts was still music played by musicians. It wasn't yeah. like you get a beat from some musician on YouTube and you rap over it in your bedroom and stick it out and, oh, my God, you got a top 10 hit. It yeah. was like you had a band. So like these these artists... Even if they were pop singers, there was a band behind them. There was musicians. Yeah. They wrote the songs. Like take that for example, is well-known boy band. But you've got like Gary in the band, who's just like a fantastic musician. There's still like yeah, you know, they're not outsourcing it. And yeah, and yeah. I think we were very lucky and fortunate to be brought up on that kind of era of music. Because well, you say that, but then I was going to say that some of my earliest memories of buying CDs. 
were things like Aqua, Barbie Girl, Five, <laughs> Five, and um, okay, Spice yeah. Girls. So I really <laughs> had the worst. That was a downturn of what I was just dull about then. <laughs> yeah, so I got the opposite. And that's where yeah. I really wasn't influenced in a great way with music. It was kind of just, this is a CD that's plastered all over Tesco. Mm. Oh, I want to buy it because I can buy a CD now. Like, What was your your start, Loz? Where did you uh, So it's been thrown by Crossfader talking about Take That and Aqua. Um, <laughs> 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 Uh, Come on, bring some credibility <laughs> back to us. Uh, Michael Jackson at Wembley. I had, a, Ooh, okay. I, had a, I had a video of Michael Jackson at Wembley and I just used to watch it um, every day after school. Yeah. Nice. And my mum had a Luther Vandross album. Can't remember the title. Um, and they're the only two things I ever remember listening to. I don't, I don't have the best long-term memory, but yes, yeah, Michael Jackson at Wembley. I used to play that like um, after school like, every day and just watch it and pretend to try and do the moonwalk. Nice. Good bath. Why not? So, were there any particular genres of music? When did you realize that there were there were genres of music? Again, was it just you listen to what you listen to? But then, like, as you get a bit older, you I start think, to differentiate I, I, between. I remember music. a big turning point in high school. We um, we had to open a bank account. I don't know if you remember. Like I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. They come round. Yeah. They did. Yeah. That must have been what fourteen, thirteen. I can't remember how old. But um, yeah, open a bank account and I got a voucher for W H Smith which give a, give you like a free CD. And I remember like, I think the top two was something like, it was it was maybe something like Aqua or something really bad. And, and well, it was Aqua's it, great. Yeah, it's either Aqua or, and then it was either, and then it was, next to it was Miss Outcast Jackson, Miss Jackson by Outcast. And I didn't, I hadn't heard the song before anything. So I feel like my life could have gone in <laughs> totally different directions if I didn't choose Outcast yeah. Miss Jackson, but I ended up choosing that and I ended up, you know, learning the words on the first day to it. And after that, I, I, all I bought was like hip hop records from then on. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that, was quite, that was, thank God I chose that, <laughs> that decision. I must say MTV was a big thing for me. Yeah. Music TV, because uh, yeah. when we're growing up in the nineties, it was, that was where we kind of listened so to music. music. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Top yeah. of the Pops. Yeah, Top, top of the Pops. Top of the Pops was, I used to be obsessed with Top of the Pops. Yeah. Which was a weekly, was it weekly? Yeah, it was. Yeah. I think it was like Every a, Sunday, wasn't Sunday it? Night, before school, 6 p.m. or something. Yeah, get a bath before school and yeah, watch, watch Top of the top Pops. Pops and go to bed. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. like, they'd announced the, the number one of, of the week there. And I remember that was the first time I saw the Spice Girls yeah. um, with Wannabe. And then that was the first album I ever bought was... Yep. Spice Girls. So I think that's the same with me. I think the first CD album I bought was Spice Girls because it was that era of just... The, it yeah, was it was. Spice Girl Mania. I went to see Spice Girls live. Oh, wow. That was only <laughs> uh, last year, wasn't it, Lost? <laughs> <laughs> if I could have got a ticket, I would have gone. No, they, yeah, uh, yeah I, went to, I went with my mum to Wembley to watch yeah. Spice Girls and they had... Uh, remember Cleopatra coming at you? Mm -hmm. they, they were the warm-up acts. Wow. <laughs> we, my first... I suppose you could say it was my first DJ gig. Um... What, I was, skills at no, 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 no. <laughs> when um, when I was probably four or five years old at school, we used to, do you remember assembly in the morning? Oh, yeah. We used to all sit down in one big room. For the, the, for the listeners on. that don't know what this is, you'd all sit down in a big room. Um, the Before head, school head, started. Head, yeah, the head teacher would give you some motivational quote for the day. <laughs> yeah. You'd sing some prayers and, yeah. then, and then you'd go crack on with your day. But we used to have music coming in. So the, the classes individually walking in, there'd be some music playing. I'm walking back out. Yeah, yeah. And Mine, somehow, I'm exactly the same. I blagged my way onto uh, onto playing the music um, of these of because I knew how to operate the stereo, and I was only four years old, but I knew how to geek out on the stereo. <laughs> Jesus, and, I was um, playing yeah. so much, and, and you know, yeah. wire up the speakers before, and, and they'd come in. I knew the red had to go to the positive and to the negative. And anyway, the I scoured all these CDs at school had. They're all classical music, you know, classical. 
and I found, and I still, why do I know this? CD3 track 12 of some compilation album of all these classical music had Tubular Bells by Mike yeah. Caulfield. Yeah. And I was like, yo, this is a banger. <laughs> so, it, well, it's an amazing, it's an amazing song. Amazing, amazing song. Music. Launched the same song from Exorcist. Yeah. Tubular yes. Bells. Yeah, yeah, uh, launched. It was the first thing that Richard Branson ever launched on Virgin Records. Yeah. Yep. First release. And yeah, um, I'm sorry if you went to hobby school for um, those five years because that's all you heard day in, day out because it's the only song <laughs> that let me play that. I got on. given that same role in primary school because I was known as like the music kid because I remember I was in it was early years of primary school and it was the same thing we just had to choose yeah. and like from when I was young there was no like I didn't get introduced to any sort of like electronic music until I was like I'd say about 10 like everything before that was like literally just rock music like yeah. everything I was the same music. but the, you know what my first experience of like hearing rock uh, sorry music that wasn't rock was when the new metal era was upon us and I was a massive New metal fan, Linkin Park, Limp Bizkit, yeah. Mosh. Oh, is that new metal? That's new metal, yeah. yeah and and, and well. they yeah. had, they I remember had Limp DJs. Biscuit. They had DJs in there. DJ Lethal was Limp Bizkit's DJ. Yeah. Uh, oh, Joe Hahn was Linkin Park's DJ. Slipknot and as well. Yeah, and Slipknot. And I remember thinking, what are these guys doing with these turntables? And then Linkin Park did Linkin a song. Linkin Park's DJ was so sick. Joe Hahn, yeah, really good. He had a few tunes of his own, like, like making productions. Yeah, well, they did a oh. remix with, they did an entire album called Reanimation, which is yeah. amazing with loads of hip-hop artists. Yeah, I yeah. know. Yeah, and yeah. then they did um, The Executioners, It's Going Down. Yeah, The Executioners, and that's I was what I'm like, thinking of. I was like, oh my, I re- I used what to rinse is, that what after is school this? every day. And I think MTV2 got, grew wise to it, and they brought back, do you remember the Run DMC and Aerosmith, what this Way. Yep, and they started playing that in between all these new metal songs, and I was like, "What is okay? Okay, there's something yeah. going on here. What yeah. is this?" And I started to go down the path of listening to Method Man, Executioners, yeah. um, and 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 you know these basically these artists that were jumping on these new metal tracks, and I was like, "Okay, who is this guy?" And it was just at the dawn of Napster and and Bear Share and Kazar and all these places where you could legally down mu- download music, and I, I'd, I'd start typing in Method Man, just see what yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, of course. It took me two days to download it, but oh, yeah. I'd yeah. listen to it and be like, "Oh wow, okay, this is kind of cool." Yeah, I used to like getting on what putting MTV bass on. Um, that was like the hip hop version. Yeah, it yeah, was. was see, so I was MTV too, which yeah. was like the rock one. I fell in love with MTV yeah, bass. Yeah, um, Trevor Nelson show things like that and just mm. listening to like the top 10 hip-hop tunes of the week and stuff like that and just used to like write them down or like later on in life go and buy the records after watching watching a you know an episode yeah yeah maybe. yeah i mean i'm the same bbc yeah. uh, mtv bass really like captivated a new genre of music because that introduced me to hip-hop yeah. to um a lot of r&b music yeah. I, I was really into r&b music yeah. um in the 90s things like your TLCs and yeah. Fuji's and my, Blue Control. And my mum became uh, a bootlegger. She, <laughs> she just knew. You know, uh, like everyone's. I think everyone's mum knows a guy who can. She used yeah. to get like she used to get you know dodgy bootlegged albums. And the first I, album she ever brought home was uh, Marshall Mavers LP. Ooh. And she's like, "Do you like? Well, you like this? I've never heard of Eminem before." And um, she she came up and like she you know, slammed the door. And she's like what's all this swearing? <laughs> and I was like, I'm not doing it. And she's like, oh yeah, carry on. <laughs> so I used to like rinse out the Marshall Mavis LP. Like every week she'd come on with a different bootlegged hip hop yeah. album. Amazing. So yeah, she was a hookup for many years. Eminem did, did like break the boundaries 
here in the UK for my yeah. age of like, okay, this is rap music. I remember yeah. every kid used to go to like the school disco and it used to be a competition of who could get through without me. Right, yeah. You know, like everyone, like who who could rap the entire thing? Yeah. Like yeah. it was like this new wave of music. It seemed to like correspond at the same time as seeing we were kind of moving out of the Spice Girls era and the poppy yep. era and yep. it was like we were growing into teenagers and it was like, okay, you got your new metal and you got your R&B you coming through and your yeah. hip hop and it was like all these Tupac. types of music and I remember my dad bought me like this MP3 player for Christmas and it only held, I think, six songs. Yes. He connected it through the serial port, which is the printer port on your computer. So it wasn't, there was no USB back in these days. Yeah. And it took like forever to charge up but I remember my dad going just being fascinated amazed by the fact you could pick this thing up and shake it and it wouldn't skip because <laughs> we used to have walkmans didn't we oh, like walkman, walkman cd players and yeah. then skip so you'd have to like you know run around like with i remember the CD. i remember copying um an album a nelly album country grammar album like about 10 times on cassette and then going and selling it at school for like five pounds <laughs> sick yeah sitting sit there recording yeah. songs yeah. to cassette i used to that wait was... i used to wait it's like the chart will come on and i remember like listening for like a jennifer lopez song like waiting and just wait for the DJ. So you'd be like, up. number yeah. seven is, and you'd be like, is this it? And you'd be like, oh, yes. And yeah. then you'd press record on that whole song. <laughs> yeah. Try to make a compilation. That was ridiculous. It's funny you say about ripping stuff yeah. and recording stuff because this is a bit later on. But yeah. um, when I first started DJing, I'm kind of jumping a few years here, but when I really first started getting into music that I wanted to DJ, there was a show on BBC. I was really into One Extra, which is like the, yeah. the sister radio like more hip -hop show. Yeah, a lot more hip hop. Yeah, garage. Garage. It was when Garage was quite big and there was Heartless Crew that used to be on. I used to listen to Heartless Crew and basically re record yeah. different songs out of it because I couldn't. I didn't know where to get those songs from. You couldn't get them. From. You couldn't find them. But yeah. I wanted to listen to them. I wanted to have them on my phone. So I used to sit and record parts of that show yeah. and I probably still got rips from that show of, of tracks that yeah. I still love today. Um, but that's the same thing. I think back then it was so hard to find certain yeah. no, types of no music. Shazam. Nope. No, there was no Shazam. No. Shazam. no. No. There was Shazam. Actually, do you remember when Shazam was a service that you had to ring up? Oh, no. no. Shazam started, it was a like an 0800 number, and you'd hold oh, your yeah, phone yeah, out. No, I think yeah, I do yeah, remember yeah, it. I do yeah, remember yeah. Now, and yeah. I remember yeah. like all, only the rich kids really could get all of these songs, because yeah. you, your mum and dad had to pay a fiver every time you bloody rang the thing. Yeah. It wasn't this free thing that everyone uses today. Like, it was an expensive service. Yeah. Well, can anyone remember when they first felt like their music influenced their DJing in a way. So let me just explain it. My, I can really remember that my dad growing up when I was um, through the 90s, so before I was even a teenager yeah. and into my teenage years, my dad was like a hardcore raver. He was still going out clubbing. He was partying loads um, because he was single and he was out partying all the time and he was just that party head. Yeah. Um, and he always had on in his car like really ravey music like mm. full-on rave music from that era yeah um anything that obviously he must have gone out and parted hard every weekend but yeah. really ravey music and obviously as a kid i was like yeah this is cool it's, it's different and i yeah. remember darude sandstorm vividly oh, i do like mm. because he used to play that and, and loads of other music like that um alice dj yeah. kind of stuff yeah. and really trancy ravey stuff um but that i think is probably paved for later in life when i started hearing more electronic music again it kind of ignited um this remembering that my dad used to listen to a lot of electronic yeah. dancing music mm. um and that i think it definitely ties into my journey of yep. becoming a dj and, and falling in love with electronic music and dance yeah. music i've got a lot i mean a lot of my music collection i've got to thank my dad for 
you know, Loz was saying his mum used to boot like my dad yeah. had a guy who had uh, used to bring CDs, and I remember I remember it clear as day. My dad gave me a pile of CDs one day, and just it just triggered my memory. He said Darude, Darude's album was in there. Yeah. So there was Darude's album. Darude I think an album. Were, yeah. <laughs> it's brilliant, mate. The drums. There's a second song from the album called Drums of San Francisco, something like that. It's brilliant. So there was there was a Darude album, a Cradle of Filth album. And a Linkin Park album. And I'm like, if they're three really extreme... Oh, and a Drowning Pool album. So they're really extreme differences in yeah, music. Yeah. But it was like, here's four albums. Yeah. And I was going from listening to like really screamy, metal, like horrible, dark, you know, yeah. stuff. To then, two seconds later, I've got a, a bloody trance banger on. It yeah. was like... I remember, I remember listening to because my mum was all about like Motown, so like Luther Vandross and Diana Ross and yeah. things like that. So I remember listening to the hip hop stuff and thinking, I've heard this song before. Yeah, because obviously oh, they're all sampled great, yeah. from Motown. I'd be like, I know this. Why do I know this song? Mm. It'd be like, um, you know, a Luther Vandross sample or something yeah. like that. And I think you know that still happens like now, mm. doesn't it? Of yeah. course. So yeah. yeah. Uh, my first influences of of DJs though before I knew anything about clubs or clubbing, yeah. a friend of mine, his dad was a DJ. Um, oh, really? cool. And he actually was still a DJ when I became a DJ like 10 years exactly, later. Exactly the same as me. Though. Yeah, so his dad was a DJ and I used to go around to his house and he had a, a little studio room that was all the wa- all the um, walls and ceiling was carpeted. Oh, right. um, and he had just thousands and thousands of records and yeah. he was a straight up hip hop DJ. He had mm. like every single hip-hop yeah. tune from that era and the and before just yeah. in this room and me and him used to just put records on and listen and that really influenced that side of music yeah. for me and the hip-hop mm. especially hip-hop genre and just going back from before i was born even to old school hip-hop and it, you know i started yeah. listening to a lot of that stuff um, and at the same time he introduced me to daft punk as well and yeah. that was a big thing it kind of merged this i love this hip-hop sound but i also love this electronic sound yeah and I, that definitely again them hybrid kind of acts were so good for yeah. paving the way for people to that's learn what did it for me kind like, of music with listening to so much rock music i used to always watch kerrang i don't know if you yeah. remember yeah. that hey, I, I, so like all all i'd ever I watch, watch was it now kerrang, but then <laughs> like watch it now every now and again there'd be like a tune that wasn't just rock music and it was the prodigy for me right so i heard breathe which is like old break samples and then firestar things like that then that's what really made me realize, like, oh, there's more music out there that isn't just guitar and drums. Exactly. So that was like kind of what got me into electronic music was Prodigy, like that kind of just bridged that gap between rock and electric. Nice. Yeah. So I remember the first song that they heard out in a nightclub. I remember the first song I played I in a nightclub. Yeah. Like hearing. It. Oh, I know what my first one. No, was. I don't. I don't remember. So I remember there was uh, David Guetta. Love don't let me go. It was yeah. like it was on did an it, advert did, did at the time. Oh, well, yeah. it was on a Citroen C3 advert. That, the that, car that, used to turn into a transformer. Came out exactly the same time as Put Your Hands Up in Detroit. The, yeah. the egg. I was on a lad's holiday. I remember him. So yep. maybe that is the first because I was on a lot holiday. I remember hearing that. And then the next song after was always Put Your Hands Up for Detroit. Every 100%. club every yeah. club you went was to it was that. David Gre- uh, and The Egg. The Egg. Something about The Egg on there. But yeah, I remember hearing that on the advert. I remember that was some of the one of the first tracks I heard out in a nightclub. I was DJing before this point, but that was the first track I think I'd heard out in a nightclub where I was sort of of age. Before that, I was going out to nightclubs and I do have memories of being in nightclubs and hearing a lot of local Leeds music yeah, yeah, um, yeah. which line. was Baseline and Castle Yeah, I remember sneaking well sneaking in there was a nightclub that was very well known for being lax with its ID policy and we got in it was called Viva in Wakefield it's long gone now um, I'm trying to remember who the DJ was I think it was Sean 
Well, I mean, Sean Bagger Scott, I don't know. Anyway, I remember getting in there for the first time and the two tracks he mixed together. And I just remember it so well. I walked in, I was like, what is this new world of... Yeah. It's yeah. dark, it's smoky, there's... Oh my God, they're kissing over there. And it was back <laughs> in the day where you could smoke inside, I think. So there was yeah. someone having a fag in the corner. And I went to the bar and got like two VKs because it was the only thing I knew what to drink. And the two songs on, he, he mixed in Lauren uh, Wolf. Oh, no, no, no stress. stress. No stress. I don't want to work today. And it went from that into Show Me Love by Robin S. Yep. And I was just like, this yeah, is class. awesome. <laughs> like, it just was so good. Everyone was just partying. It was just like, wow. I was only like 15. I was just like, this is like what it's like in the movies, but better. Yeah. It's darker and, and better. The, first, <laughs> the that, first club I went to go, you probably went as well. As well. I put Heaven and Hell. It was this place where... Yeah. He, it was ten pounds and all you can drink. Oh wow! And there was a time was where obviously I was only working part time. Was I was um, maybe just before eighteen <laughs> started going out, <laughs> and I used to like walk into town, like twenty minute walk into town because I had no, I had, I had ten pounds on me. You go there to pay ten pounds, get yeah. drunk, and then walk, walk home at like three, <laughs> three in the morning. Um, and there was, but there was an R and B room which just used to go there ten a.m. And then at 10 p.m. and then leave at 3 p.m. <laughs> just stand there, just listen. Stand there next to the DJ booth and just listen to the music. Yeah, yeah. I missed. I've just realised I missed out a big section of my story for, from a DJ's perspective. Yeah. So I said about David Gret was the first track that I remember hearing in a club, but actually. I regularly went to an under 18s event, which was like a legit under 18s event. Yeah. Oh yeah, I went to them. But um, yeah. but I really remember there was there was a room that which, which was like the room two, which was the hip hop and R and B room. Yeah. But it was also at the time when the, the garage scene was really big in the UK. Yeah, like so the UK solid crew garage scene. That exactly kind of stuff, that. Yeah. Exactly that. And I really remember just being wild because that was the first time I got up close and could see a DJ DJing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in a nightclub and seeing yeah. people dance to it, and that really inspired me, and that's what got me really inspired by DJ. It didn't get me started as a DJ, but it really inspired me as a DJ. Yeah. Um, and I remember Sia, Little Man, the X-Men, yeah. Yeah. Re- X-Men remix, which is Wookiee, yeah. but it, th- that it. song, play, no? I could only go like once a month or once every two months to this event and this DJ would play it and I fell in love with it. Yeah. Didn't know what the song was called, yeah. didn't have a clue. Yeah. And then literally a few years later, because I used to go and buy compilation CDs from HMV, a it. few years later, I'm just yeah. listening to an old compilation CD he had yeah. and I had this song all along. It was on a... a Artful Dodger compilation CD. I had it since <laughs> I, I first discovered it, but oh, I just man. didn't realise. Um, so that that was an amazing little that discovery. Another, that's another thing that seems to have kind of died in this modern compilation. era. Compilation albums. There's like, only one in there. Is now forty whatever. Yeah, it's playlist. It's playlist. I remember now. getting some right bangers and learning new music from compilation albums. So I buy it wanting I don't know, say a Linkin Park track on it. Yeah. And like Danny said, there'd be a Prodigy track on that, and I'd be like, Wow, what is this? <laughs> it's and, playlist now, isn't it? And yeah, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but even playlists, the, the thing with Spotify, and it is brilliant. The tailored like, to you, is that what you They're mean? very tailored to tailored you and your to taste. You, and you'll yeah. find some bangers, but they'll be tailored yeah. to your stay, style of bangers. Yeah. I'm talking about a compilation album where you're listening to it and you get to track 16, yeah. and you're like, okay, I remember Express 2, Lazy. Yeah. I yeah. remember that being on a compilation album. I'm, I know it was and a track with like Tupac. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. whoa, yeah. That, yeah. Is, that is something else. That, that's a big track. And, yeah. and, and you know, learning about Agio for Strings by Tiesto. Yeah. And then you, yeah. there were so many different, and Daft Punk around the world. And there were just so many different tracks that you'd get thrown together on one album. You'd be like, okay, 
I now like seven new artists. I really remember you just said Adagio for Strings by Tiesto. I really remember the music video for that because it was basically him playing, DJing on a big stage to like thousands yeah, of people that. in yeah, this yeah. rave. And like that was that before I'd ever seen anything yeah, like yeah. that. And I was like, whoa, that looks amazing. Did, like, any, did anyone go to Quest? Uh, Quest nightclub in Wakefield was absolutely massive. It was like one of yeah. these nightclubs had like four or five main room sized rooms and the bottom one was called temple and it was com- it was a circular room um they used to have the foam pies in there because it was all like tiled. foam pies yeah it was like a tiled room you're so, walls so illegal now and but they yeah but they always played trance Jeez. in there because they had lasers and i remember just how good was trance with lasers I'm, a, <laughs> yeah. like this is pretty much invented for wasn't yeah it? It, it, trance uh, without lasers don't bother yeah, you don't, like just you don't, don't, you don't bother doing don't, it yeah you don't get lasers in and i'm, I'm getting to I'm getting to like relive <laughs> that with, with my Friday night gig at, in Mission. But there's a video, I'm sure a lot of people will see it, that where we throw it back and we play that kind of stuff. Yeah. So good. Tune of the week. Okay, so this week's tune. We're talking a lot about music, but I'm I, I'm going to choose something very new. I'm not. Gonna go <laughs> I'm going to choose something that's not music. It's an audio book. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> that would be typical of me. Aqua. <laughs> um, no, I'm really feeling. There's a tune by DJ Coz called Pick Up at the moment. No, I'm just. I'm feeling really cool tune. Drake, DJ Khaled, pop star. Oh, I didn't see uh, that coming, Loss. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't need to say what else. You know what it sounds like. <laughs> Daniel, I, I don't even have one. You don't have one? No. Oh, Holland. Uh, who's that? What's that? <laughs> it's so good. What is uh, it? I've forgotten who does it. Who's that? What's that? Is that yeah, what it's Nico called? B. Nico B. Nico oh, yeah. That's who's quite, that? What's that? Good, that is pretty catchy. decent. I don't that's know what I'm doing, tune. but uh, yeah. text her. What's it's one, of, it's one of them where I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to hate it in about you know a week. But yes, for now, is. for now, yeah, you know, you know, when you hear one of them songs, you're like, "I'm gonna love this song for about two weeks, and then, and then please don't, don't ever it play it." To never want to hear it again. Yeah, it's gonna yeah. be one of them. Yeah. Danny, you still not got one? Surely, I've been listening to Daft Punk this yeah. week. Yeah. Uh, one tune I've been listening to a lot is Revolution Nine and Nine. Yep, yeah, because it's a banger. Yep. It's a banger. So that's got to be my tune of the week. Yeah. Okay, so I wanted to bring up a really interesting point. Um, and it's something that you're going to have to maybe rack your brains. You might not. Um, this can be at any point in your life. So uh, are there any artists or songs that you feel like changed your taste in music towards a new genre? Can you remember any particular song or artist that has done that? And you think that has totally changed my taste in music. And this probably is more when we were DJs because yeah. as a DJ, you play music, play music, play music, and you're looking for almost the next genre or the next thing to really get stuck into um Limp Bizkit, i think um because i was always hip-hop and stuff and then i remember hearing rolling and seeing the music video and i was, was like who tune. is uh, do, this do, guy do you know where that was filmed <laughs> no that film that that music video rolling was filmed on top of the twin towers oh really, really? oh yeah 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 wasn't yeah, ben yeah. stiller in that video at the beginning yeah he was yeah, 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 yeah. in the he was in the puff daddy bad boys for life video as well yeah yeah um yeah um yeah and then and then i even went on a bit of a thing and listening to all people like papa roach yeah, um, you're, you're down my street. Yeah, now, that's mate. what it's I mean. Just, and I had, I, I had like to. a, I had like a mosh year in my life where I just, had like, I bought like the hoodies and stuff like that, and it was like, just some sick. chains, sick. And then like, then yeah, I think that that that's why I love playing all genres now. DJ, and I've, I've never ever been tied wanting to just play one genre of music ever yeah. uh, because 
it just gets so it's just like so easy to do um so yeah um yeah that's why i like doing mashup stuff yeah 100 yeah. percent. what about you danny um it's really weird like when so the first time i ever went out i was 13 and it was it was like i was old enough to go to the event basically but yeah. it was when it was dubstep, like a gig event wasn't yeah it? it's yeah. when dubstep first came about properly really? like the uk dubstep and um it was i wasn't like mad into it or anything but i'd heard flux pavilion done a few tunes mm-hmm. and uh so he was playing in leeds and i went to go see him and dylan francis was his warm-up act yeah yeah it sounds mental now <laughs> that dylan francis was his warm-up yeah um but dylan francis played all this music that i just like never heard of before it was yeah. i don't know whether american's the right word but it was just yeah so different to, like, yeah from what we were listening yeah. to at the time yeah so that just kind of like opened the door for me to hear like all this i want to say just bass music it was yeah. it was yeah. like heavy bass house music and i'd never really been into house before that it was just dubstep and rock music and yeah um so i'd say that was kind of like my introduction to house in a way because i yeah. just went down so many different avenues of house music I remember I was really into electro and you just talking about dubstep there in the UK, but I was really into electro and the whole David Guetta thing. But then I heard um, La Rue, In For The Kill, the Scream remix. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And there was it was one what of those tracks that it was so different to anything else at the time that it just captivated. You ever play, mm-hmm. that, you ever play that in a club? Yeah. Oh, man. oh my, when it came songs. out, it was, like, I, it was my last song for about yeah. a year and a half. 100% yeah. me too. Yeah. Oh my God. Oh, people, because yeah, it had like a what, three minute build up. And yeah, there was yeah. that big silence at the end before silence. like a drum and bass And, and, the, and then the drum and bass, but it's only like what, 30 seconds yeah. long. So it's yeah. like, you wait. It's perfection. It's, perfect. it's, it's so, so perfect. Good. And that is genius. That shows that he just did something totally out of the box. It didn't fit in any box, but that has stuck with me forever and yeah. it's really really pivotal it tune reminds me of the uh, a track heads will roll it was that yeah. kind yeah. of when you heard it it was like whoa that, that comes whoa. in that comes in still whoa. yeah Mad. another one for me is um a bit later down the line is disclosure and yeah when they oh. brought out latch and then latch what's and in your head and... Um, and white noise those sort of three tunes there F for you paved paved the way for a new sound in, in especially stuff I was playing in clubs. Yeah. I was just I was I need to find more of this style of music. And they kind of mm. developed a, a genre in a way. Um and then there's loads of music that sounds like it now. But yeah, I yeah. think Disclosure were definitely an artist um, that for me, I like throughout being a teenager, I was really I still am when I'm I, I listen to rock and metal and, and indie and alternative. But I remember my friend wanted to become a DJ. He's not a DJ, ironically I am. Um but he wanted to be a DJ and his granddad had a bit of money and Niche Nightclub was shutting down in Sheffield. And um, he managed to get his hands on some of the white label vinyl that came out of that. And Jesus. Nice. One Love of them. Of we went through a lot of them and I didn't really like any of this music, but we were banging them on one after another, after another, just see what's on there. And then I heard Mark Ruff Rider, Special MC, Joy. And I was like, Such a tune. what is this? And you give me love. I was like, wow. They, right, okay. And then I had the same feeling when I heard, because all my mates, I used to call them a bit chavvy, a bit, you know, I didn't really like the electronic music that was coming out at the time, the end dubs and stuff like that. At the time, I was like, no, nah, I'm not in for this. Yeah. But I remember hearing um, Jamie Duggan's uh, remix of Duppy. Yep, I remember and that. I remember hearing that and just saying to my friend, just, just put that on again. And <laughs> listening to that and going, Okay, now 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 we're cooking. Like that is and and that and that really paved the way into me getting into electronic music, which paved the way into DJing, I suppose. Was having these two friends having 
complete opposite music taste to me, but still finding a banger from them playing it. Yeah, I have a really yeah. strong memory of when I first heard garage music, and it's really weird. Because I went shopping with my mum and dad and we were in a furniture store. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's so Inside. Yeah, it's really weird. But 21 Seconds came on. Oh, right, That's yeah. the first time I've ever... Store. Yeah, in yeah, a furniture so shop. Fun. I remember it so well. We are in Castleford and we are just in this furniture shop. And it came on. I was like, what's this? I've never heard anything like this before in my life. See, I remember Daniel, Daniel Beddingfields. Yeah, got got through this. Yeah. I remember that yeah. hitting the charts and everyone, and then there was that sweet like chocolate tune came straight after yeah. it, and like the yeah. charts, the charts always do that, don't they? What some song comes along with a banger, yeah. and then there's a couple that trickle after it. But yeah, I remember, I remember, the, f- I remember the first two um, um, when I got my first decks. We were belt drive decks, and my friend, uh, so I bought them from a friend, and I only had like ten pounds to spend on vinyl, so I went and bought Fat Joe Lean Back and the game yeah. the game this is how we do. Yeah. And that's the only two tracks I had on vinyl for two months. Yeah. <laughs> so the amount of ways I can mix them two songs in is um, is like yeah. unmatched. Yeah. <laughs> so it's funny you could say that. So the, making the most out of your vinyl, when I first started as a DJ, it almost became um, a, it was almost out of a social thing as well and I started in the UK there was a big grime was huge it, yeah. it's, it's big again now yeah. but yeah. back I don't know 15 years ago it was huge um, but it was there was sort of pockets of it around the UK and up in Leeds there were a load of crews that would MC yeah. mm. and in my high school there were a load of people that MC'd you know everybody huddled in a group yeah. MCing and they'd have beats yeah. playing on the phone and it was kind of like well I was just getting into learning what turntables were in music and there were a few record shops in Leeds and one in particular that sort of specialised in a lot of this music and grime music and there was an online store as well that specialised in it and I used to, my my first records were a lot of grime instrumentals um, because then I'd get kids from, from my friends from school ultimately to come around to my house and they could MC over it so going back to being able to make the most out of a few vinyl I might only have a few beats of grime instrumental but I could keep playing them back to back over and over and it's about them just yeah. emceeing and and creating different lyrics over the top you know, so you can extend it further well. it's so funny like i've heard this story from the other angle so i know one of the MCs who used to be there yeah, and he yeah. told me this story like three years ago and he was like i remember it so well that we used to just be like in jamie's room and his mum would be there they just be like everyone <laughs> yeah. Room. Yeah, like, yeah yeah he's told me this story before so so it's yeah. funny hearing it does anyone outside. remember or did anyone else's friends go through the stage of um downloading the early versions of fruity loops getting hold of sample packs like the dance floor is now open i do remember that i, I kind of and opened speeding, it and closed it yeah. <laughs> speeding everything up to like 150 bpm so it was all really high pitch so it was all like you know, it was samples like Pretty Green Eyes yeah, and just like yeah. playing them really high pitch. DJ Rankin, I seem to remember, DJ was Rankin like really big, big at it. Big dog. It, yeah. That was just a weird era of <laughs> horrible sounds. Yeah, yeah. I think um, my, my first sort of dipping my toe into music production, I used to use Reason, which is still yeah. around now. Yeah, a lot yeah. of producers use it, so but I used to use Reason. And yeah, you had to so like wire like it wires. up. Yeah, you had to. Yeah. yeah, I put myself through like three years of uni to go and do it. And I nearly left after two weeks because yeah. they started off on Reason. You yeah. have to wire it like, up like an analog. It can't be this hard. And then set up. thank God it went up to Logic like a week after. part of the like, set of like a student council to get our school a music um, college status music yeah. technology. So we got recording studios as part of a government grant. And we got these computers with Cubase. Yeah, so yeah. I was taught on Cubase how to use that, but I've not used it since I left school, to no. be perfectly honest. Cubase as well, just so yeah, complicated. Cubase, yeah, that's yeah, what that's we had at school. They, ne- they never seemed to give the easy software to school, which made no sense. Like, no. Just it was never Ableton, like was it? Garage it was Cubase. Band, so we've talked loads about, obviously, so many different genres here, and we're going back and forth in this timeline, and hopefully people that are listening can 
um, relate to some of these eras, some of these genres, some of these in particular songs. But do you think having, you know, we've, we've, we've realized that we've got a very wide taste in music, all of us. Yeah. Um, and do you think that's really helped us all when it comes to DJing in modern day in the last 100%. five years of, of working 100%. as DJs? Yeah, my, my, my mentor, um, who taught me how to DJ, he always says, if you can mix two songs together, you can mix anything together. And if you want a, if you, there's two types of career, isn't there? There's one, there's one, a working DJ career, or if you want to be a specialist and if, yeah. If you want to if you want to make money and be a, a long term DJ, you're gonna to have to play everything. And not one per, like all all of us have just said we all like all types of music. Not one person just likes one like one type of yeah. music. It just yeah. doesn't it just doesn't happen, right? So you know you got to get into the kind of habit of you know listening to like all types of music if you want to be like a full time working DJ. Fair enough if you want to pursue. You know, if you're a techno DJ, and, you know you want to pursue that. Yeah, you know, put put all your effort into that, but you know, you, you still need to, if, even if you do just like techno, for example, you know, it, it can only benefit you knowing what else is out there music wise to put mm. back in if you're making tunes or making a mix and um, things like that. So the, the more music knowledge you have, the better. Story time. Right. Well, leading on just from what Loz has said about DJs being specialist and also being working DJs. Um, story time today, um, I'm going to talk about the time when I used to be a bit of a promoter and I used to put my own events on and a DJ who's very well known at the moment, very popular for being quite a specialist DJ and developing his own sort of style, I would call these days. Yep. Um, a man that goes by the name of James Hype. Um, oh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, James Hype, for those that don't know, I know he's blown up recently with his youtube videos and and his singles and, and whatnot but he used to be a working dj he used to be a resident dj at some of the clubs i used to work at um, worked alongside him for many years and when he started doing his first productions so he did a thing called the gep and stuff like that he's just dipping his toes into production i used to book him to do my events so i booked him for this event in lincoln and we were really struggling at the time the event was really quiet um, Lincoln's quiet, that's why. Yeah. yeah. Jesus. So, it's not a great place it's not, to be. It's not, you're right. Although I had a really good weekly gig there. Anyway, carry on so, with the story. So I booked him to come play this gig, and it was when he was really just developing his style. He really was just at that cusp, it was just before More Than Friends came out, that, that kind of era. And um, I booked him, and I didn't realise the club owner had failed to mention, because I'm not from Lincoln, and I'd only been doing this gig for a few weeks. Mm. Uh, the club owner forgot to mention, really, that it was the Lincoln Christmas Markets, which are a really big event in Lincoln. Uh, apparently, people travel from all around to come to the Christmas Markets. So we were like, yep, cool. Uh, book James Hype, and he comes down, and... <laughs> The club, it's a student event. Sorry if I would not mentioned this already. It's, it was meant to be a student event. But all of a sudden, the club starts getting busier and busier and busier. But with people like 30, 40, 50, 60 years of age. And you've well, got James Hype coming to play. And James Hype's coming to play. And I'm like, oh, dear. I'm like, oh, no. I, I know I can play older stuff. Like, we've just, as we've just discussed, like, I have the older uh, music uh, database. I was like, oh, no. But thankfully, James Hype was... Back in that day, still on Serato, he used to play on an yeah, 11-inch yeah. MacBook Air, which I don't know if anyone's ever seen a DJ play on a screen they so small. I was, remember seeing him playing on, it was like scary. Playing on the phone. He yeah. has super eyesight to see anything on that screen. But he, he, he just took to the challenge, and he almost played the style that we all know him for. 
and the techniques he uses. So you're going to say that he was playing like Bee Gees with a tight loop and a crossfader? Um, <laughs> you think I'm kidding? I've never heard tracks like Michael Jackson, yeah, yeah. Um, floor fillers, disco classics, you know, like even the 90s house kind of like star men lovers and, and stuff like that. It was incredible talent yeah. to to apply that to his music knowledge. He, he, obviously, he was a working DJ. Yeah. And that was probably one of the last gigs, I don't know if he'll admit this or not, but he probably played that kind of music yeah. and got booked, you know, as a paid, like, you're the special guest. And he played, like, nothing what he normally plays. But that, like, that's props to him, you know. At the end of the day, if there's none of the crowd there that want to hear him as an artist, then... At least he's putting on a good show. 100%. He could, he could have played his own music, the venue could have cleared, and he could have turned around and gone, where's my pay? Yeah. Like, got paid and left, and that would have been that. But I he didn't. He actually put the effort in. He was like, And he said at the end, I remember him saying, really enjoyed that, could I? I, I, I had a challenge like that in a while. I was like, yeah. I feel like it's really play. important, though, for you know artist DJs to have gone through the whole process of being a resident or being put in awkward positions like that because yeah. there's so many like big DJs that you see who aren't really good DJs. They go just, from bedroom to festival stage yeah, and they haven't like been in that, a club, yeah. intimate kind of club so they, like, they don't know how to work a crowd. They just go and play. Some of them don't know how to use a mixer. <laughs> but yeah, that's the thing. So it's like, you'll see, like everyone goes on about all these DJs like, oh, it's pre-mix and stuff. Well, yeah, it's because they don't know how to DJ. So <laughs> Nice. Shout out to James Hype. Yeah, yes. big up James. Okay, so we're talking about music that we're DJing with now. One of the big things for me is, do you listen to the music that you play out at home as well in your spare time? Or is is it separate? Do you have music tastes that live outside the club and music tastes that live inside the club? Um, Danny? Bit of both. Um, I do listen to like, like I said, I grew up on like loads of rock music and stuff. So I still spend a lot of time at home for my own listening and stuff like that. Um, but I do a lot of production. So I, I still do listen to a lot of stuff that I would play in a club at the same time. So it's kind of a bit of both for me, but I never, out of choice, if I've been playing at a club night, I'm never going to leave and be like, oh, I just want to hear club tunes. Yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't work like that. Yeah. How about you, Holland? Uh, no, not at all. Um, I'm completely opposite. I've never grown up. Um, I still listen to albums from the 90s and, and new metal and rock and... You I'm definitely just, haven't grown up. You've got fruit winders in, <laughs> in, in a pack lunch. Cream eggs. Yeah, yeah. so I, I don't listen to... The, I You know, I heavily rely on... Don't get me wrong, if I hear a good song on the radio or or if someone in the office is playing a banger, I'm like, yo, Shazam, like, I'll, I need that in my set. But I have to dedicate time to finding songs for my sets. And yeah. I have to rely heavily on um, um, record pools and, yeah. uh, and my promo lists and whatnot. Um, because when I'm not working, I don't listen to music that I call work. I listen to music that's for me. And yeah. likewise, I don't do gigs with music that I listen to at home because I don't want to ruin that. Right. It, that's my time that's mm. my music and the stuff I play in clubs yeah. is the club music and that's work yeah so I'm the same I don't really listen to the music that I used to play in clubs at home I used to listen to a lot of electronic music but not club music so it'd be a lot of I love Jamie XX I love kind of anything that's sort of downbeat yeah still electronic it's got that vibe but I'm not there to rave at home I'm there to relax mm. and step away and it used to get to a point where I'd definitely finish gigs and I'd put things like classical FM on on the way home. Yeah, I've done that. I've done I'd that. just put instrumental beats on just to kind of wind me down from this high-energy environment. I needed to kind of separate myself from that. But saying that, now that I don't work like 
regularly in clubs i'll do the odd set here and there out yeah. and about it's gone almost the other way and now i'm really enjoying listening to a lot of dance and electronic music that i would want to play in my sets but just in when, my day-to-day life so. when i was driving to a gig i used to go to the gig with bbc radio one on and listen to like dance anthems and, and big yep. big djs mm. danny howard annie mack same and and you know sometimes i'd have to pull over and download a track i just heard <laughs> i literally yeah, yeah. would but then as soon as i come out of the club get in the car the first thing before i even like turn the key on is put on bbc radio 2 <laughs> and listen to like more relaxing stuff on the way home because BBC Radio 1 at night is not what a DJ wants to listen to no. when you finish a gig it's just oh. like I re- yeah I remember so many times leaving a gig and it'd be Diplo and Friends Diplo, yeah, which Diplo is just friends. like the heaviest bass stuff I was like yeah. I cannot deal with this at and, four in the like, morning screaming stuff would be on I'd be like yeah. I, can't, I can't I can't I'm sorry guys just yeah. get out of my radio I need to unwind <laughs> podcasts were the one for me yeah, when tra- yeah. going home from a gig. I think I only got into podcasts later than when I was gigging. I think I was very mm. much into music while I was gigging, but well, yeah, recently big, a lot of podcasts. Big shout out to all the DJs listening to this on the way home from a gig. Hope you yeah. had a good one. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and yeah, thanks for listening to this week's podcast. I think that segments quite nicely um, to the end. Now I have got a challenge before we finish. Right, who's going to take the job now? On around this table, who's going to take the job of listening back to this podcast and creating a Spotify playlist of all the songs when artists we've mentioned? Because I think people listening yeah. might want to. Uh, I can't wait for them to have to endure crash test dummies for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> but I just just to show such diversity, it'd be great to put. It might not be all the songs, but I think we will try yeah, and it'd link. Be good to list a song from each artist that we've mentioned. Link in the show notes to a Spotify yeah. playlist that you okay. can go and listen to. Some of our... You know what? Hands up! I'll do it. Okay. Holland. Round of applause. Have we got any claps yet? Thank you. That's how we normally end the show. It's okay. (laughs) We'll end with a silence in a minute. But yeah, thank you. (laughs) Thank you everyone for checking out this week's podcast. And remember to go to wearecrossfader.co.uk to check out all of our online DJ courses and the community area where you can chat with other DJs around the world. Yeah, get in the forums. It's cool to see people in there. Yep, and we'll be in there too. And you can ask us questions and leave comments in there. And we've got some exciting episodes coming up with some really interesting guests from music streaming services, from promo mailing list platforms, and from hardware and software manufacturers. So yeah, some big guests. There's going to be some segments coming into the future episodes. So make sure you hit that follow, subscribe button, and leave a review on Apple Podcasts if that's where you listen to the 100%, 100%. show. 100%. Shall we finish with the silence?